Hey everyone, and welcome to another episode of One Step Beyond. This is a podcast about transformation through leadership. On our show, we have conversations with people who are creating change in business, in their community, and in their lives by choosing to lead. This is about daring to overcome barriers, push past limitations, and reshape our present and our future. Today we're talking about striking when the iron is hot, and we've got a perfect example of that with Adam and Jesse from Sherm's Bagels. So these two have been best friends for 15 years and have known each other through music. So Jesse plays in this band that I love called No Warning, and Adam was their A&R rep for the record Suffer Survive. So essentially both of them have been employed through music for many, many years, and that's how they made the bulk, if not all, of their living. But of course then COVID hit, and you've got these two creative people who are put on the sidelines waiting for the world to start up again. So rather than just sit around and do nothing, the two of them start a bagel company. And they seem as surprised about it as anyone else. But what they've done is they did it and they started running with it and they've been growing. And they've got total support of the Toronto community. People love their bagels. And, you know, I've been watching from the sidelines because I know Jesse a bit through music. As soon as I saw where they were going with it and they were turning it into this real business, I knew we had to have them on. It's just such a cool story. And these two are so inspirational that I really believe that everyone listening is going to get a lot out of it. So before we get started, I want to thank our sponsors, SE Electronics. And if you haven't yet, please rate, review, and subscribe to our podcast. So let's get to the episode. I'm your host, Aram Arslanian, and this is One Step Beyond. Hey everyone, welcome to the show. So like I mentioned in the intro, today we're talking about striking when the iron is hot and it's a bagel success story. Uh, this is just such a wild thing that I've been able to witness with a friend of mine named Jesse and then his partner, Adam. And I won't get too into the story. I'm going to let them speak. Uh, but before we go any further, you know, Adam and Jesse, welcome to the show. Thanks. Thanks, man. All right. So this is just like, I get a huge smile when I see something like this and, and you don't get to see stuff like this happen live. You get to hear about it like later on, or you hear about it from a friend of a friend. I've been watching this go on social media since what I believe is the start. So how about you tell us where Sherm's is today, like where you're at, like literally right now, and then how it started the story of how we got here. Yeah, sure. I guess I'll take that. Um, right now we are a bagel company in Toronto. Uh, making small batch, handmade, hand-rolled bagels. We're selling about 20 to 25 dozen a day at the moment. Um, we're currently working out of a commercial kitchen in the north end of Toronto. Um, yeah, and uh, it's something that we just started. It's been going for about three months now, I guess I would say. Yeah, we started in December. December, yeah. And um, started from you know, our, our respected apartments, baking at home and uh, messing around. And now we, now we have a full-fledged bagel company on our hands within about three months. Yeah, it kind of snowballed really fast. 
Well, that's the craziest part. And this is what I love about it. Like, and I'll get to the whole like underground, you know, like indie scene, like music scene part of it. But like, it, correct me if I'm wrong, uh, Jesse, this was just your, your grandfather's recipe. Is that right? No, it actually was not my grandfather's uh, recipe at all. It, uh, my grandfather was a bagel lover in Philadelphia, but didn't have any background in anything culinary wise or baking. Um, he just loved bagels, but the, the recipe is something we sort of developed ourselves. Um, we, we found a recipe um, that's more or less a, a Montreal style bagel recipe. So a sweeter kind of bagel than your average. And um, we took a recipe we found and we tweaked it to where we're at today, which we think is kind of a cross between a Montreal style bagel and what we call a Toronto style bagel. Um, but no, the background of it was a purely <laughs> like as far as the recipe and all that was all R and D done by uh, myself and Adam. Yeah. It really came from making pizza dough. Um, yeah. you know, I mean, honestly, it was a little bit of a fluke. We started making pizza dough from scratch and then, you know, one day Jesse ended up with extra dough and decided to throw it in the water and that sort of sparked the idea. And then, you know, we really went deep with research and, you know, the first batch we both did, you know, in our own kitchens worked out so well that we knew we were kind of onto it. But, um, you know, I mean, first and foremost, we were just liking making bagels that we liked ourselves, you know, so mm -hmm. it, it's cool because, you know, we certainly didn't intend for it to go this far this fast. But, you know, everyone seems to be really supportive and, you know, really liking what we're doing. So it's cool. It's totally wild because like you're getting written up a lot. You're getting a lot of press in Toronto. Is that correct? Yeah, a ton. We've been uh, featured in about three or four of the biggest like online Toronto blogs, um, as well as we were on the CBC. CBC did a, a feature for uh, TV and um, TV and web. So um, we've been getting and yeah, they, and they just sort of keep coming where um, there's all kinds of press stuff that just come out of the woodwork and we haven't solicited any of it ourselves. It's just sort of people have heard about us and yeah, emailed or called and it's it's been awesome that way yeah it's been a lot of word of mouth and just you know obviously with the internet and instagram and you know being able to you know just create some kind of momentum there is has been uh, a really amazing thing to watch you know even for ourselves in a company that you know we kind of just started because we were having fun yeah you know so totally it came from just us yeah having fun making bagels because we couldn't get the bagels we wanted in Toronto, it was like, you know, so it's like, well, we'll just try to make them. Totally. I like this is this is kind of like it's like that classic. Hey, I didn't have the alternatives that I wanted, so I just made them. And then I yeah. unintentionally turned into a business. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> How do you two know each other? Well, uh, we go back quite a while, but um, I met Jesse. I was doing A&R at uh, Sony BMG, you know, probably like 15 years ago. And we signed Jesse's band at the time, No Warning. Um, so I was doing A&R for No Warning. We were doing a lot of, you know, stuff in our studio recording. And, um, you know, Jesse and I just became really close sort of through that. Um, you know, kind of from there, he moved in. We were roommates. <laughs> so, you know, before we were business partners, we definitely had a, you know, a good history of living with each other and, um, oh, yeah. you know, being really, really great friends. So, um you know, I think that's one of the tricky things in business, you know, working with friends or living with friends are very different things. And, you know, we could live with each other. So we figured we could probably be in business with each other. Yeah. <laughs> so far, it's worked out. So right. far, so good. <laughs> We've done enough work in, in uh, 
on so many different musical projects. Um, he's yeah, a he's I a writer. Adam's thing. a writer mm-hmm. and a um, an engineer and a producer and all this stuff. And we've worked on all kinds of musical projects, not just you know heavy stuff. Um, and, and it's yeah, we we've always got along and worked really well together. And you know, Adam stood for me at my wedding, and you know, it's like you know, we're basically brothers. <laughs> uh, so I love Adam that you did ANR on the at the time misunderstood, but I think historically redeemed classic "Suffer Survive" by No Warning. I love that record. Uh, when that record came out, straight off the bat, I got to credit Greg Bacon, uh, the great Greg Bacon, for bringing it on my radar. I love No Warning, like right off the hop for sure. Uh, I think one of Canada's truest, greatest hardcore bands. That record though is sick, and I remember at the time when it came out, people kind of like. Yeah, it didn't it didn't hit, but I think historically people are like, no, that's a great record because it is. Well, I appreciate that. Thank you. Yeah. It's been funny watching, uh, you know, going to Europe later on, and I mean, you no warning never toured Europe for mm-hmm. for one when we were when we were a band back in the day. But when I started going to uh, to Europe with Comeback Kid when I was playing drums with them, the amount of people that would come up to me and be like, "Suffer, survive, suffer." I've seen people with "Suffer, survive" tattooed on their throat, like you know, their hands, like people like. And it's funny. And I mean, I've always, you know, I played on that record. It was my first record I played on with the band. And uh, I have great memories of recording it and stuff. It was an interesting time in our lives. But, you know, like, I don't, I have pride in that record. I think it's, I think it's a great record for what it is. And you see, you know, meeting kids that, that are a lot younger, that that was like their first No Warning record. Or that's, you know what I mean? It's kind of interesting and kind of cool. And, uh, a little bit redeeming, I think, at the end, because, because you know, like you know, there was it wasn't well received at the on on its uh release, really. I guess. Yeah, I I mean, and like we could do a we could do like five podcasts just on that record. I got a lot to say <laughs> on it. Like, I think it's it's a very cool topic. But let's get back to yeah, yeah. Sherms. Okay, so you guys had a good history as as friends, and when you started doing this, when you were making the dough, the pizza dough, was it with the intent to sell anything or was it just for fun? Like, let's make pizza dough. Yeah, no, no intent at all for, for selling it. I mean, really more just, you know, having fun baking, I, you know, obviously the, the circumstances surrounding this, I think also are pretty unique in that, you know, this pandemic or, or COVID probably is the other significant reason that this has happened. You know, I think otherwise, you know, Jesse would have been on tour um, I would have been doing whatever in the studio. And, you know, I think just that's the other part that's very interesting about, you know, the forces aligning in, in this happening is I think even for the interest, per- perhaps, you know, people are definitely, you know, looking for new things. And, you know, everyone's focus is a lot more uh, focused. Focus. Well, man, like you, you're bringing up a point that I think is like, totally at the center of all this so you're both creatives right and you both have some background in business adam i think you have quite a bit of background in in the music business and and being on that side and jesse i know like you've you've essentially music has been your business while maybe having side jobs is that correct yeah for sure i've been freelance uh drumming for yeah the last bunch of years i don't know last 10 years at least so if not not, i mean more as well yeah. yeah so like you both have like definite backgrounds in business but you're essentially creatives who learned business via being creative. Is that fair to say? Yeah. Yeah, for sure. All right. So, but like, you know, during the pandemic, like, yeah, you can be creative. It's not like you can be out in the studio very easily or you can't be out on tour. 
So that normal process that both of you have, and also part of how you make your living is being stymied right now. So yeah, a lot of people are using the pandemic to like, hey, I'm going to write that book I've always wanted to write, or I'm going to get in great shape, or I'm going to sit on the couch and gain 20 pounds, like whatever it is that people are doing. Sure. The two of you seem to have taken your creative energy and were like, hey, let's just learn to do something for fun. And from that, an opportunity came. Yeah, absolutely. absolutely. Yeah. yeah, that's, that's, you know, in a beautiful way, that's exactly what happened. Yeah, and, the, and, and very, very naturally, too. It was nothing about this was at all forced. Um, there was, you know, again, it started totally out of a creative, you know, thing. We wanted to, and a need for or a want for bagels for ourselves. But, you know, it, it quickly snowballed because we, you know, the second or the day after we made that first batch, I made a post on my Instagram asking anybody interested in buying uh, buying bagels if I made them. And so the second batch of bagels I actually made, I sold, which is kind of crazy. That <laughs> is that insane, that. man. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> the second day. To, to right. my buddy Chuck Coles. Chuck <laughs> Coles, a guy, a, or was it? Yeah, it was Chuck. I'm pretty sure it was Chuck Coles who's a, a great musician here in Toronto. No, you got to get that one right, man. Is it Chuck? Is Chuck the, the person it's, that set it off? I'm trying to think if he was number one. It was either him or Harley. Shit. Uh, I think it was Chuck. We'll call it Chuck. We're going to call it Chuck Coles. Yeah. All right. Respect to you, Chuck. You, you set a ship in motion. Uh, <laughs> okay. okay right. So, but that, like, what's the difference there? Like, okay, hey, we got some extra. Let's make some pizza dough. We're having fun with it. And yeah. again, like for anyone who's listening, it's like Jesse and I don't go like super way back. We met, we actually met on tour. And we'd had mutual friends for years. You know, we became fast friends, follow each other on Instagram, like nothing, you know, just kind of what, what I call kind of classic music buddies. Right. Yeah. But I, I've always like, I ask Jesse a lot of questions about what goes on his, in, on his Instagram because, yeah, you do. because I don't like, you know, I'm straight edge. <laughs> I don't smoke weed. I don't do any of that. And Jesse's like, his knowledge of that world is so like beyond anything that I know. I'm always like, what the hell is that? What is that weed butter? Like, what is that? I don't know. So I was actually just, I was just telling Adam about that, that you're always asking me like, what, what, what is a dab? What do you, how do you smoke that? What is that? Yeah, for sure. Like, dude, sometimes I feel like when, when I ask you things, like I feel like I'm from like the 1920s, like, oh, what are you kids up to these days? But like, I love watching your stuff. And, and yeah. ask you weird non non weed user questions, but you're doing this thing. I'm watching it unfold. I'm like, damn, that's sick. Like, I love that, and I love when people just go with it and and take the leap. But there's a big difference between, hey, does someone want to just buy some extra bagels that I'm making versus let's start a business? So, how did you go from, yeah, this is just kind of fun thing we could do a little extra income to, oh no, we could actually do this? Yeah. Hmm. That's a good question. How do we sort of come to that decision? I mean, well, I think a lot of the, well, yeah, I mean, yeah, I think, you, you know, right. we're still figuring it out every day, but I think, you know, the support that we've had coupled with, you know, the network of people we already know, not just in the entertainment industry, but in the food industry has sort of given us the, you know, I think confidence to keep going. And, you know, every week we're trying to improve or grow and, you know, it's, it's been a very, positive experience so far. So um, I feel like, you know, it quickly became a reality that this could be a, a viable business versus it just being something fun we're doing and, you know, catching a couple bucks on the side from friends. Yeah, mm -hmm. for sure. Um, you know, and then again, like, you know, not to whatever with COVID, but, you know, this sort of opportunity to like look at doing something differently or, you know, start a new business in a time that's really challenging you know, has been almost sort of more, um, 
you know, more inspiration to keep going, you know, mm-hmm. uh, and, and, you know, a lot of the people who are buying bagels from us are, are really genuinely enjoying it. And, and that's yeah. a cool thing, too, to just, you know, have something that makes people happy in a time that's pretty fucked up. Yeah, I think that really was a big part. Um, just that every every time that we would give out a bag of bagels to someone or sell a bag of bagels and they would come back with, you know, so happy and so much love and so much like it's it, it, it's it's really nice. It's a really nice feeling. It's similar to, you know, feelings you get sometimes performing or playing to a crowd or having somebody love music you worked on. But it's even more direct. It's uh, food is like. It's there's no question if you like if you like it and you love it, it's like you, you could be from anywhere, any kind of background, anything. And it's a it's an instant connection thing. And I think, yeah, for me, I, that part of it really was encouraging and kept us kept us wanting to work hard and, and actually take this thing to, to the next level. Mm. Yeah. And you both just hit on something that I think it, like it's important for us to talk about because people love the bagels. Like that's clear. Like people are into the bagels. But there seems to be this whole other side where people have like really connected with what you're doing. And, you know, Adam, you'd said something about kind of inspiring. And then Jesse, you'd also said like people just seem so stoked on it. Like there seems to be like an element of people watching you do this has been like they they're doing more than buying something because they like the bagels. They're doing it because they they're like they feel some kind of like connected. They feel connected to what you're doing. Absolutely. I mean. I've um so I I actually have met pretty much every single person we've sold bagels to just because of the arrangement of how we were selling them we would be baking them um at this at a commercial kitchen and before that at our at my house and at a condo and but because of that uh because of the way we worked the pickups I had 18 anywhere from 11 to 20 people coming to my door every night for the last However, how long? A couple months now. Months. Um, well, yeah. So I've literally met all these people face to face and handed them their bagels, and I, I've got a lot of that from these people that are like, "We need a story like this right now. This is so encouraging." Like stuff like that, and you know, like a lot of people have been down and out. And then the other thing is, you know, a lot of people are like, "This is great. This is a great excuse for me to get out of my house," and <laughs> and they love the human contact, you know, at a distance, obviously. Yeah. But um, you know, it's it's. There, there's definitely something to that part of it as well. The story and, and the, you know, just something good coming out of something not so good. Yeah. Like for me, I mean, beyond again, you know, Jesse and I you know you and I know each other a bit, but like, I just like seeing people do something cool and use a really crappy time to do something that's like, I don't know, inspiring. It makes me feel good to see how well you're doing. And that's, that's why I wanted to have you on here. Cause a, it's just a cool story. B it's like, this is like a feel good story. Like you're doing something cool. And on one side, yeah, you're making, you're making bagels and we, we could minimize that. But I actually think like, as you're doing this, you're giving people like a lot of hope, a lot of inspiration, like a happy part of their day and someone to root for. And that's, that's just cool. For sure. Yeah. I mean, it's making me happy. So, you know, like uh, really like it's been on a, on a personal and on a, you know, selfish level or whatever. It's like, it's been, that's another reason we keep going with it. It's a daily, we're both fulfilled by it, I think right now. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, it's, it's encouraging to see something that we're doing, gr- watch it grow and, you know, and see people react. It's, it's been, uh, it's definitely keeping us going in a positive way. All right. So any hesitation points? So like, as the business is scaling up and you're going from blog post to blog post, you're going from your house to a commercial kitchen. Has there ever been any point where you're like, woof? 
I don't know if I want to do this or I'm worried about this next step. Yeah, I mean, you know, I, I think there's obviously a lot of people coming out of the woodwork really quickly because of, you know, the word getting around so fast and kind of, you know, the popularity being so um, kind of out of nowhere. So, you know, we're obviously treading carefully just as far as what the next step might be. I mean, there's a lot of different ways that this could go. And I think, you know, we're just sort of really taking it one day at a time so that we make the right decision. Cause you know, we're not in any rush to do anything too unrealistic. You know, I think that's the thing is we're trying to keep it realistic to what, you know, what we want it to be. Also, we are still, you know, musicians and do these things that are outside of the kitchen. So, you know, uh, trying to coexist with our previous worlds as well is still, I think an important thing for us. Um, well, knowing that we have now a fully, you know, thriving business on yeah. our hands. The nice part of this is that it's all up to us. Like we can call all the shots. So there was never any, I never felt any pressure one way or the other. Obviously we had to make a decision that we were going to take it more seriously than just selling a couple dozen bagels a day. That's, that's for sure. But there's no, we don't feel, at least I don't feel any pressure in one way or the other to like, you know, do anything outside of what we feel comfortable with, which is great, which is allowing us to make the right decisions moving forward. You know, like <laughs> we got, there's nobody with a gun to our head. There's, we're working for ourselves. You know, this is our thing. We can, we can decide if you, you know, if we want to take a week off, we can take a week off. You know what I mean? You know, it's all, it's all up to us, which is a uh, probably for, at least for me, it's the first time in my life that I've uh, been in a situation like that. Usually, you know, if I get hired on something playing drums or whatever, you're working for somebody else. You know, if I had a part-time job, bartending, doing whatever, you're working for someone else. In this case, we're completely calling the shots. So it's, uh, so there's, it's low stress in that way. Um, you know, it just, yeah, gives us time to figure things out and do it the right way, I think. Okay. Well, and, you know, like kind of a chronic story you hear with businesses that like suddenly start booming or they put it in the creative space, like bands that like uh, that grow too quick, get, get hyped too much, get too much attention is people get addicted to that. And they're afraid to, mm -hmm. you know, when you, Jesse, you said like, hey, I could just, we could just take a week off if we want. And I love like, that's a healthy attitude but it's real easy to slip into some negative patterns where you're like, no, we need the sure. next thing. We need the next success. Like, so how are you keeping your, your head straight as you're going through this? Yeah, I think um, for one thing, we're just really focused on the product itself. And, and Adam's been you know, up all night figuring out dough formulas, things like that. We've been tweaking things so much and really focusing on, we only do two different bagels. You do a sesame and a poppy bagel. And staying focused, I think, on getting those two things, you know, really, really great is is helping us not get too big for our boots, you know, and not, um, you know, not try to take on everything like, OK, we got to sell cream cheese now and we got to do five, six diff different bagels and stuff like that. You know, I think the staying small that way with our menu and stuff like that is helping us because we're, we're still, you know, we're still tweaking stuff as we go. We we're not we're not settled ever really, which is, I think why the product's turning out so good. But you know, if we were, yeah, I think that's keeping us on track, that kind of mentality. Adam, you got anything to add to that? I mean, you know, I think at the end of the day, um, we're just going to, you know, 
do what feels right for us. And, and, you know, this business started that way. And I think that's kind of the, you know, the way that we want to see things grow. So, um, if we have, you know, a couple stutters along the way, I mean, you know, I think that's healthy growing with the business, but, you know, ultimately, um, the way that this has all come together has been so organic and, you know, very, um, just very streamlined in a, in a funny way. So we just want to kind of keep it with that. Yeah. It seems like it's almost like it's been, uh, preordained in a wild way. Cause it seems so seamless. Uh, but to that, if we go back to December, 2020, is there anything you do differently? December, 2020. Well, when we started, I think, I mean, you know, in a funny way, I don't know that I would change anything only because, you know, that one thing would set off a collision course of different, you know, things happening where it's like the butterfly effect where like, you know, we wouldn't be sitting here today, you know? So it's, it's a weird one because I think even to my previous point, like, you know, we're taking it all in stride, but it's like, it's, it's all happened so organically. Um, You know, the opportunities that have come to us, the people we've met, you know, just honestly enjoying going to the kitchen every day and hanging out with, you know, cool like it's just it's a funny thing that way so i don't know that i would change anything yeah <laughs> because I mean, just like you said it's like yeah it's um it's all happened naturally in and and things happen you know day to day the way things would go down and the the connections and the people we've met and the just everything about it and the all the press stuff everything like that it all came just naturally every day there was something else it seemed you know Every every week, there's massive improvements in all kinds of ways. But every day, for especially that first month and stuff, like it was like, oh wow, yeah. <laughs> I mean, you know, it, I've worked in the music industry a long time. It's hard to think that I've ever worked on a project that moved this smoothly, was this much fun. <laughs> yeah. I, you know, inter I interacted with so many great people. You know what I mean? Like it's literally never happened before. Yeah, yeah, and like. That's so wild because, like, you know, I think I think for people who would be outside of the music industry, which the majority of the podcast listeners aren't have no experience in music, I think for them, they'd be like, oh, being in the music industry must be so, like, wonderful and glamorous. It's like, oh, no, no. <laughs> it's, like, brutal and tough and hard and all sorts of things. This sounds like this has been, like, just a different experience. It's just been smooth. You felt unified. And it's just been natural. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that's, you know, partly because we're, you know, going at our own pace. Um, But, you know, I think we've also been really lucky. Like, you know, all these things happening in our favor are great. And, you know, we're very gracious for that. Um, But but also why I think we, you know, want to keep going. Yeah. Uh, I want to hit on that that, uh, piece about luck in a second. Uh, But before I do that, and you're comfortable talking about this or not, we can, you can let me know. Have you tipped over the line where you don't have to have side hustles anymore? Uh, so is Sherm's like you're living or do you still need to have side hustles or main jobs? Um, right now. Um, yeah, it's, it's not keeping the, it's, it's not keeping, you know, the, the, all the lights on, yeah. it's keeping some of the lights on, but, yeah. um, in it, it's growing though so quickly that, you know, hopefully at some point it can be more than what it is now. Um, but you know, it's been, it's definitely been a massive help uh, financially, I'll say for myself. Like I wasn't doing too much of anything. I've been waiting around for a tour that's been rescheduled three times, you know, to happen. And 
you know, there's not much going on musically for me right now, just because most, most of what I do is live. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I mean, this is, you know, this has definitely been a huge help financially and, and, uh, you know, I see it going, going, uh, to more than that. How about for you, Adam? Yeah. I mean, you know, there's, there's certainly other work that I'm involved in and, you know, upcoming projects, but, um, you know, music, especially from a production or, you know, working on record standpoint, you know, it's fairly difficult to make a good amount of money depending on what you're doing. And even the timing of that money, it might be a year later when you get paid finally. So, um, you know, this is a much more consistent thing in combination, I think, with the volatility of working as a freelance, you know, producer or engineer or musician. Mm. You know, uh, a piece of advice I got when I was younger. Um, so when I was kind of deciding what I wanted to do, like, do I want to go forward with the career that I was in or do I want to try and like make a go of, of kind of more creative pursuits? piece of advice that I got was, hey, you know, when what you do to express yourself creatively, when that becomes the way that you make your living, it changes the way you interact with that thing where you're no longer really focusing on doing something that satisfies you. You got to also factor in, will it satisfy an audience who wants to pay for it? And that can really screw up your creative process. So what I've heard from both of you so much is that like Sherm's has just been organic. Like it's just been seamless. You've just been doing it. And it's simple. It's a simple model. We've got two bagels that we do. We do small batches. You know, everything's hand rolled. Is there any concern on your end that if it gets too big, if, if you make, you fully make your living off of this, is there any worry that it could actually um, corrupt the vision and, and help cause you to make decisions that you wouldn't make otherwise? Hmm. That's a good question. <laughs> um, I mean, I think that's a concern any, anywhere with anybody, especially in food and stuff like you know, I, we're really focused on the quality of, of what we're doing. And, and yeah, that's a concern. It would be a concern if things went too big, you know, like, and we slipped on quality and we slipped on stuff like that. But, um, you know, at this point we're, it's not really a concern of mine, but. How about you, Adam? Yeah. I mean, I think, you know, just with everything, um, at some point the integrity can be compromised for a lot of reasons, but, um, at least right now, there's really no need to compromise. And, and you know, like sort of Jesse and I have been saying, you know, it, it's sort of our company to do as we decide. So um, until that needs to change for any type of reason, you know, I think we're probably going to keep it pretty chill, you know? Yeah. yeah. Okay. So like, Adam, you'd mentioned luck earlier, and I want to hit on this because like when I think of striking when the iron is hot, like part of it is like you do something cool, like you're doing something awesome. Second, you've got an audience that is willing, like they're interested in what you're doing. But the third is just luck because you could do, have something that's cool and you could have people who'd be interested in it, but it just might not be your time. It just might not be the right set yeah. of circumstances. This is clearly the right circumstance. So luck is definitely factored in here. Um, with that, like how are you keeping, like for example, at some point, the world's going to open up again. Both of you will be able to go back to music or at some point, like kind of like, that window of time where you're, you've got that lucky moment, it's going to close. So what's your plan, you know, let's say two or three months from now where Sherm's isn't, isn't as new a thing to people, or maybe when music starts coming back, what do you guys want to do? Or do you not have a plan today? Well, I think, you know, that's a fairly optimistic outlook that, 
you know, in a couple months, everything's <laughs> back to normal. But yeah. at the same time, uh, <laughs> you know, I think it, it's always been our sort of desire to, you know, maintain our, you know, music identities and, you know, sort of coexist. So, you know, part of that is, is looking at this business, not only as something that, you know, we ourselves are, you know, very hands on in, but, you know, as in growing the business and, you know, potentially bringing a few people on, you know, that allows us to, you know, oversee certain things and, you know, grow at the same time, but also keep a foot in our other, you know, sort of worlds. And mm -hmm. I think that's, you know, also part of what has been really interesting with the opportunities that have come is, you know, we have, you know, a lot of interest in setting up different locations, if that's something we choose to do in different cities, maybe even, you know, all of it very tentative so far. But that's, I think, even part of the excitement of, of how we could grow this, but also, you know, exist in both places. And, you know, Jesse can Absolutely. go on tour for six months and you oh know, no i will not um, go on tour for six months or, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, ever fair. again <laughs> me enough. neither man <laughs> fuck that's too long <laughs> i'm gonna cry yeah but but nonetheless you know i think you know we're, we're trying to look at this as something that we can you know grow and you know maintain while doing other things um at a bigger level than certainly what it is right now and I love that idea, like possibly like how could we replicate this in other cities while that would allow us to kind of like still scale up, but also like live our creative lives that we already had. Like it's stuff like that where it's like a business doesn't have to like chain you down to something. Yeah. If you do it the right way and you're creative about it, it can open up a lot more doors. And again, that goes back to kind of like punk thinking. Mm, yeah. With that in mind, uh, I am super interested in this next thing because as I've been watching you grow, I have been thinking about like, well, what do people who are actually in the food service world, who are in that culinary world, like how do they feel about it? And the way I juxtapose this is like, okay, we come from like underground culture and like music and all of that. And you think about like when a band comes up and they start getting hype and you're like, damn, who are these people like three or four years ago? Like, were they part of our mm. scene? You know, there's that weird, like, are you really legit? Like, like, yeah. are you, are you from our, our scene and our music? Or are you someone who's just kind of like hopping on our trend? And yeah. so musicians and the music world and the creative world in general, I think, can be like super judgmental and kind of gatekeepery. But is that the same everywhere else? So my question is, like, as you've been growing, have you received support or pushback from people who are in, in the food world? Yeah, it's a good question. Um, we have been really, really lucky that we've gotten a lot, a lot of love from um, from chefs and, and business owners and restaurant owners and all kinds in Toronto and some of our favorite restaurants that we eat at have become the chefs and stuff have become customers of ours. And uh, what? That's cool. yeah, it's, 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 it's actually been a really positive thing there. There's, it's definitely not the same as I think there's probably, there's probably people, you know, talking shit somewhere, but you know, like uh, it, as a whole, it's definitely a lot. seems like people are a lot nicer than they would be in a, in a band world or in a music <laughs> industry world where, Everybody's got their backup about, you know, yeah. You know, who's that? Who's that? We've been, yeah, I think pretty, pretty lucky and blessed by uh, the love we've gotten back from these people. Because we, I mean, we are, we, we're new to the game, but we've, um, nobody's really given us any trouble about it. I mean, it's funny because honestly, we, we, you know, have just been sort of doing our thing. And, and, you know, from our circle of friends, it's going beyond that. And, you know, I think we started to realize like, you know, the food industry is actually taking notice of what we're doing. 
But ironically enough, we never set out to do that. So if these people are actually checking out our product and and they think it's good, you know, it's amazing. And, And that is more sort of encouragement for us to keep going. It's super inspiring because again, we were just doing this for fun and, and we liked what we were doing. And then it started to get to our friends and they were really bigging it up. And then, you know, without us really pushing at all, it starts to get out to these bigger circles. And so those are, you know, really legit food people who are now not only supporting, but like really sort of, you know, cheering us on. And I think it was really, you know, extremely encouraging to know that that is at least, you know, what some of the industry um, was saying, because, you know, similar to music, like the gatekeeper thing is, is, you know, terrible. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it is terrible. And, you know, you see, and it's weird. Cause like, you know, around creativity and all that, there's such a sense of like, for example, if you're a musician and you, you know, let's say you're part of hardcore, it's not just a thing you do. It's part of who you are. It informs your yeah, identity yeah. and it, it's got all that weird stuff tied up in it. Like, who am I? Who are you? Who has more, some more social landscape? I think you're experiencing a world that's obviously a lot bigger than, than punk or hardcore underground music. It's, and there's more business people in it. And, and, but they're still super creative. But the thing that, like your story, what it is really highlighting for me is a lot of these barriers that I think exist in the world or that we think exist in the world are illusions. All it takes is just ingenuity, drive, willingness, creativity, curiosity. And you can do really cool things. You can take your existing skill set you have and take it into other places as long as you're willing and you got the guts to do it. And for me, that's that's the Sherm story is that like that guts, that curiosity, that like ingenuity of like, hey, let's just figure this out. Yeah, I mean, you know, I think it's really fun to, you know, have something to really dig in and, you know, just like go do a bunch of research. And, you know, it's we were talking yeah. about this the other day. We're like you know, baking is literally like doing science experiments every day, you know? And and so that like, it's this fun and every day is a bit different. And, you know, like I wake up and I'm like, okay, I want to try this today and see what happens. And, you know, it's just that random sort of curiosity and passion that, that sort of drives to a point where it's like, it's fun. Like it's not a chore. It's not, you know, like you wake up in the morning and and don't want to get out of bed. It's like, Oh shit, what can we do today? Yeah. All right, so I've got two questions for each of you. Um and and I'll Adam, I'm going to start with you and then Jesse, I'll ask you the same question and then I'm going to do the same for the other the second question. So, Adam, what is something that you've learned about yourself from doing this, from taking this journey? Yeah, that's a great question. I think one of the things that I really, you know, have to appreciate is is just allowing, you know, the signs of the universe to kind of guide you sometimes. And um, when something sort of is presented to you in a way that it it didn't even almost seem real at first that this would become a, um, you know, a business and, and this would be something that we'd be doing more than just a couple days for fun. So, you know, just really kind of digging into something you're passionate about and not being afraid to embrace it you know obviously we're in a weird time thinking about stepping away from music not knowing where that is like you know it is a bit of a concerning thing i've been you know working in the music industry and doing music for you know almost 20 years so to burn that all down and start baking bagels is a pretty (laughs) fucking drastic thing to just do uh but nonetheless it's like you know because it's been fun i'm doing it with my best friend like 
you know, why not? And, and it's just grown to this great thing. So I guess all that rambling to say, you know, just sort of trust your instincts like everyone, you know, always says. Yeah, yeah but pe- people, it is huge. Yeah, thanks, Jesse, for saying that. Because like, yeah. that is a thing that says, it's like, oh, trust your instincts. But like, no, you're like, I'm going to trust my instincts here. I'm going to start a bagel company when I have no, no background in this. That's like some real trusting your gut. And it's a huge thing. It's a massive takeaway. So Jesse, what have you learned about yourself? Yeah, I mean, like Adam, I've learned definitely to trust my instincts a lot more. Um, beyond that too, sort of trust other people's um, reaction and instincts to things and, and not be so inside my head about everything. And, uh, you know, it's, it's really just, just trying to accept that the love that you're, that you're giving out from something like food and, and taking that back in and, and not, it not all be about you kind of thing is, uh, it's been, I think a huge thing for me. I love that, man. That's, that's super powerful. All right. So now Jesse, I'm going to ask you the second question. Yeah. Um, you know, there's going to be people listening to this because they're business people and they could be business people in huge businesses or small businesses. But we're also going to be taught, like, there's going to be people here that are no warning fans or Headstones fans they're, or they're people that are fans because of what you guys are doing. Of that audience, they're going to be people who have an idea. They want to try something, but maybe they're afraid. Do you have any advice for anyone who's kind of on the cusp of trying something, but, there's, but their fear is holding them back? I would say... I mean, just judge from my own experience in this whole thing, just give it a chance, you know, go for it. If it's good, if it's a, if it's making you feel good and if it's making other people feel good, what do you have to lose right now? You know, the world is so different right now. There's, there's nothing is guaranteed. I mean, nothing ever was guaranteed, but more than ever now it's everything's so up in the air and unsure that why not just take a chance? Oh man. And I love what you just said about like, Hey, nothing ever was guaranteed. Cause again, there's this like illusion yeah. of safety that people seem to have where it's like, no, like anything could happen no. anytime. And that this pandemic shows that. All right. Over to you, Adam. Like there are going to be people listening to this. that are like, damn, like I, I wish I could do that. So what advice would you have for someone listening to this? That's like almost on the cusp of taking a leap, but something's holding them back. Yeah. I think it's, you know, it's good to put yourself in uncomfortable situations because, you know, whether you succeed or fail, you learn and then you can go about it a different and, you know, hopefully better way the next time. But I feel like that's sort of the thing is, you know, you, you just have to try whether, you know, if you lose or you don't succeed, like there's something to be taken away from it either way. And, you know, if you're doing something that you're really passionate about, hopefully there's something you're taking away from it positively either way and it, it's going to be enjoyable for you and um it'll help you kind of keep moving forward or inform you that that's not what you need to do but i i guess that you know what i'm trying to say is you should know by trying rather than always wondering if you should have hey that's uh, no by trying i think that's that's really like really really solid All right, as we're coming to a close, I just have two more questions. Um, The first one is like, I got a sense of where you might go with this, but it's one that I'm interested in and other people are interested in. So what's next? What's next for Sherm's Bagels? 
Well, I mean, for right now, what's next is we're we're just on a weekly basis trying to ramp up our production mm-hmm. um, as far as how many dozen bagels we can offer a day to people and trying to get our stuff out to more people right now. Um, the future probably holds us having to bring on somebody to work with us so we can do that. Um, but like, like we've been saying this whole time, apart from that and apart from our short-term goals, which we have, which are just numbers goals as far as, like I said, a number a dozen a day kind of thing. Apart from that, it's, um, you know, who knows? It, it, we, could, we could go anywhere with this thing. And, uh, but it could, be, it could be storefront, it could be wholesale, it could be whatever. I mean, there's going to be, I think, a whole bunch of stuff. All right, right on. Adam, anything to add to that? Yeah, I mean, you know, I think we've talked to um, a couple different people about, you know, maybe collaborating with a restaurant or, you know, like different things we could maybe do to, you know, do some different promotions with people to to bring some light to some other, you know, businesses that we think are cool. So, you know, I think those are just some of the ideas. Um, nonetheless, we're trying to grow every week, whether that be just the amount of people we can serve or you know, partnering with someone to do a cool collab. So, um, you know, we're, we're constantly thinking of what is next. I love that. Yeah. All right. Oh, Jesse, I should just mention, um, one of the things that we did that we started actually this week. So we've been doing all the pickups at my apartment, which is, it's been great to meet everybody, but it adds three hours there's, there's to my day every day, a person at my door every 10 minutes kind of thing. So this week, we had a great idea to think of local businesses that have kind of been suffering that maybe we could use as a pickup hub. So we actually, um, my wife's cousin, Tim, owns a place called Tommy's Wine Bar, and it's actually five minutes away from my house. They sell um, beer and wine that you can't get at the LCBO. They sell, you know, lots of local pickles, local things, coffees, stuff like that. So we pitched it to him saying, what do you think about us dropping the bagels off at 4 p.m. every day? And from 5 till 8, you'll have 20 people walking through your shop. So he thought that was a great idea. We tried it for the first time on Tuesday. And first night, they sold $200 worth of wine. And it just worked kind of the way that we envisioned it. And so that's something that maybe we might explore a little bit more and trying to offer that to other businesses or uh, you know, see if that's something that we can do. Oh, yeah. And that's like just straight up good karma, too. Right. Uh, it yeah, it well, works for you because then you don't have people come to your house every 10 minutes. But it's a cool thing you can do for other people. I, I, I love that idea. Really community centered. All right. Last question for, for each of you. And you each have to answer and every answer is acceptable. All right. I'm going to start with Jesse. Jesse, what is one unsung, not recognized enough, not loved enough Canadian classic record from any genre? any genre okay there is this one compilation and i'm I just want to make sure i get this right i think it's called from jamaica to toronto mm-hmm. and it was from the late 70s i believe and it's all these really cool reggae and soul songs some original some covers um that's one thing that that has always blown me away i'm just trying to try to find the name of this thing but um that would be one for me, um, apart from, you know, friends, music from friends. But uh, that, 
That one is a huge thing. Yeah, I think it's called From Jamaica to Toronto. Let me see if I remember. All right, you look it up. I'm going to go over to Adam, and then we'll come back to you if uh, if, Dude, yeah, you're, yeah. if you're wrong on the name. All right, Adam, what do you got? Wow, that's a fantastic question. No warning, suffer, survive. Ah. Good, man. <laughs> well done, man. Well done. Awesome. Okay. All right, Jesse, did you I get will- the name right? I was right. It's called Jamaica to Toronto, soul, funk, and reggae, 1967 to 1974. Um, some of the people on this recording um, were actually some artists that would play at a place called The Orbit Room. It was a bar that I used to play at quite a bit. But it, there's all kinds of cool music. I encourage anybody to look this up. Mm-hmm. It's, a, it's an amazing record and uh, kind of a cool thing because there's a, there's a cool connection with Toronto and Jamaica. I love that, man. All right, so as we're wrapping up, uh, anything that either one of you or you want to say together uh, to our audience as we're uh, as we're closing off? Oh, thanks for listening, and uh, you know, I hope uh, you can try our bagels sometime soon. Adam, anything on your side? Thanks for listening, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> You, gotta, you like you peaked with the suffer survive comment like that. Was yeah, it. I think that's it. You should have shut the goddamn thing off. That was the mic drop moment. That was the mic drop. All right, guys. Hey, listen. Thank you so much. And uh, for everyone listening, um, doing something like this, I know we kept hearing the term like organic and just you know, like you know, we just went for it, but it actually is like a huge thing to start your own business, to take your fortune into your own hands like that. And most of all, to figure it out every single day. Like what I loved about this story is like every day we're trying something new. We're, we're making little moves. We're trying to grow. That's a massive thing. But just because it's massive doesn't mean it's unattainable. I'm going to touch more on this on our outro. But I, I do want to say to both of you as we're closing off, like this story for me is not just like a feel good story. It's really, really inspirational. So thank you so much for joining us. And thank you so much for sharing today. Thank you. We really Thanks. appreciate it. Okay, awesome. Everyone, we will see you in the outro. And Dave, drop the beat. Thanks, Adam and Jesse, for coming on. That was an awesome conversation. You know, as a business owner, it's scary. Like, it can be totally freaky. Because when you're doing something, all you really have is your belief that what you're doing is worthwhile to put out in front of other people. What's so cool about their story is they're getting this instant feedback that people love what they're doing. But they're not just resting on their laurels. They're running with it. They're really striking when the iron is hot. And who knows? You know, maybe they stay the same size or maybe they take this to a whole different level. But what I love is that they're doing it. So huge kudos to them. And I hope everyone listening got as much out of this conversation as I did. So as we're closing off, I want to remind everyone that we're produced by Patrick McKechnie edited by Dave Larson, and all of our stuff is designed by Tammy Levy. So everyone, that's it for this episode. Thanks so much for showing up, and we'll see you next time on One Step Beyond. One.